Let's look in Psalms 3. Let's begin to read. I'll pray and I'll let you sit down. We're going to have to go back to the book of 2 Samuel and read a little bit. But let's begin to read in Psalms chapter 3 and look in verse 1. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say in my soul, There is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awakened, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. What a wonderful day to get to come to your house and worship you. Lord, as it's now preaching time, I pray that you would help us while we might stand. I pray you'd anoint us afresh and that from heaven and touch us, Lord, I pray. Uh, These dear people, they didn't come here to get anything from me but to get something from you. And Lord, I've studied and prayed and really believe this is the message for the hour. And Lord, I pray that you do a work not only in my heart but in these folks' heart out here uh, that I cannot do. That we'll leave out of here not only different but better than how we come in. And Lord, if there's somebody here lost, save them. And Lord, I pray you'd speak to those that need help and encourage them. And Lord, we'll give you the glory for it all. Save that sinner's nearest help for all this in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. And amen. You can be seated. Uh, this is a prayer and a psalm of David. Uh, when he was on the run and that from Absalom. Now, hold your place because I'm going to come back and preach right here, but go back uh, to the book of Second Samuel chapter 15. And we find the story of when Absalom runs David uh, off the throne. Now, you have to understand what's been taking place for a little while here. Uh, Ammon, which is one of David's son and Absalom's uh, brothers, has raped Tamar. Tamar has, uh, what has happened is Absalom has now killed Ammon. Uh, He's been away from the kingdom for a good while. Finally, Joab uh, convinces David to let uh, Absalom come back to Jerusalem. Uh, And he does, but he does not see the king's face for some two years. Uh, And finally, he comes, gets to come to see the king Uh, And this is where we pick up at in chapter 15 and verse 1. And it came to pass after this, and those things that I told you, that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment... Then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. 
And Absalom said moreover, Oh, that I were made a judge in the land, that every man which hath any suit or cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice. And so you can see Absalom as he stands out, and uh, out maybe outside the palace as uh, folk are coming to find some help and that from the king. Uh, uh, he said if there's a controversy there, uh, he, he said that, uh, I, boy, if I was just... Uh, a deputy of the king, he said, if I was just made a judge, I, I, I'd help you. And I'd help you decide what needs to be done. And I'll be on your side, you know. And how do you know that? Because it said right here, and it, and it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, that he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. Boy, he was a good politician, wasn't he? And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. Now watch what your Bible says. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And it came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said unto the king, I pray thee let me go and pay my vow which I have vowed to the Lord in Hebron. For thy servant vowed a vow while I abode in Geshur in Syria, saying if the Lord shall bring me again indeed to Jerusalem, that I will serve the Lord. And that was a lie by the way. And the king said, how do you know that? Because I've read the story. I know how it all goes. And the king said unto him, go in peace. And so he arose and went to Hebron. But Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, as soon as you hear uh, the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. And with Absalom went out, uh, went, and with Absalom went 200 men out of Jerusalem that were called, and they went in their simplicity, and they knew not anything. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel the uh, Gilonite, David's counselor from his city, even Gilo, uh, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. And there came a messenger to David saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. You remember what he said in verse 6? He stole the hearts, didn't he? And David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, for we shall not uh, else escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, uh, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us and smite the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servants said unto the king, Behold, thy servants are ready to do whatsoever my lord the king shall appoint. And the king went forth and all his household after him. And the king left ten women which were concubines to keep the house. And the king went forth and all the people after him and tarried in one place or tarried in a place that was far off. And all his servants passed on beside him and uh, all the Cherethites and all the Pilothites and, the Gil- and, the Gil- and all the Gittites, 600 men with, uh, which came after uh, him from Gath passed on before the king. And then said the king to Italy the Gittite, Wherefore goeth thou also with us? Return to thy place and abide with the king, for thou art a stranger and also an exile, whereas thou camest but yesterday. Should I this day make thee go up and down with us? Seeing I go whither I may, return thou and take back thy brethren. Mercy and truth be with thee. And Italy answered the king and said, As the Lord liveth and as my lord the king liveth, Surely in what place my Lord the King shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. What a man. He just got there yesterday. He was in exile and David took him in. 
Uh, and David said, you just go back and dwell with Absalom in Jerusalem. Uh, he said, no, I can't ask you to go with us. Uh, and you know what he said? He said, King David, uh, he said, wherever you go, I'm going. Uh, and whether it be in death or life, uh, I'm going with you. Boy, that'd be a good thing for us to say about the Lord Jesus Christ, wouldn't it? Uh, in our service to Him, Lord, whether it be death or whether it be in life, I just want to be wherever you are, uh, and I know I'll be okay. And so in verse 22, I'm going to be done here in a minute, and I'll preach. Just stay with me. And David said to Edelai, go and pass over. And Edelai the Gittite passed over, and all his men and all the little ones that were with him. And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over the book Kidron. And all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. And oh, Zadok also of the, all of the, and all of the Levites were with him bearing the ark of the covenant of God. And they set down the ark of God and Abiathar went up uh, until the people, until all the people had done passing out of the city. And the king said unto Zadok, carry back the ark of God into the city. If I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and show me both it and his habitation. But if he be, the, if he thus day, I, I have no delight. But if he thus say, I have no delight in thee, behold, here am I. Let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. And the king said also unto Zadok the priest, Art thou not a seer? He said, Return unto the city in peace, and your two sons with you, Ahimahaz, thy son, and Jonathan, the son of Abiathar. See, I will tarry in the plain of the wilderness until there come word from you to certify me. And Zadok therefore and Abithar carried the ark of God again to Jerusalem and they tarried there. And David went up by the ascent of the Mount Olivet and wept as he went up and had his head covered and he went barefoot and all the people that was with him covered every man his head and they went up weeping as they went up. And one told David saying Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray thee, Turn the counsel of Ahithophel unto foolishness. Now if, I, if we read the rest of the story, we uh, understand and know that David stays on the run uh, uh, for quite a while. Uh, we know and understand that he has uh, some of his people come out and meets him uh, uh, and that in the wilderness and brings him something to eat and uh, brings him animals to travel on. Uh, uh, but here David is, uh, as I read in 2 Samuel 15 and here in Psalms 3, uh, uh, David is run off the throne. Uh, no doubt right here David felt deserted. Uh, uh, David felt, uh, uh, how can I sorrow? Uh, uh, David felt like no doubt that a lot uh, uh, of the world had, uh, his kingdom had turned on him. Uh, uh, even Ahithophel, his very counselor, uh, uh, that the Bible said that when he spoke, uh, uh, it was like the oracles uh, uh, of God that heaven itself uh, uh, was speaking. That's the kind of wisdom uh, that this man had. And so David is run off the throne. But I want you to look at what he said in Psalms chapter 3. And uh, notice there's two people uh, uh, that he talks about in Psalms. I narrowed it down to two. Uh, he spoke of the many and he spoke of the one. Uh, when you look in uh, verses 1 and 2, uh, uh, first of all, uh, uh, the many... 
Notice what he said right here. He said, Lord, how they are increased that trouble me. Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Can I say that his trouble was increased? Have you ever been in a place uh, and in your life, and I know that I'm a broken record here lately, I get that, I tried to get away from this and could not escape it, so we're just going to preach it. But have you ever been in a place uh, where trouble was increased? Have you ever been in life uh, uh, where it just seemed like uh, uh, it wasn't one problem, uh, uh, but it was many problems. Uh, uh, can I ask you this question? You ever been uh, uh, in a place where you get bad news today uh, and you get bad news tomorrow and then you get bad news uh, uh, the next day? And Have you ever been in a place where it seems like when you get all this that God uh, uh, may not be around? Uh, and listen what he said, how they are increased uh, uh, that trouble me. If you look in your Bible uh, uh, that's got an exclamation point uh, at the end of it. Uh, uh, he didn't just say it. Uh, he said it with some feeling as he's talking to the Lord. Uh, and he says, Lord, look at what's going on. Uh, uh, he said, there's many uh, uh, that are troubling me. Uh, I mean, that means to agitate and to disturb. Uh, uh, it means to bother. Uh, uh, it means to perplex. It means uh, uh, even to busy. Uh, uh, and when we get troubled, that is all uh, that is on our mind. Amen. Y'all going to have to help me, okay? Uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, are you awake today? I hope so. Uh, uh, I think every one of us uh, has had trouble uh, in our life. Amen. Uh, listen, when trouble comes, uh, uh, it's not anything new uh, to mankind, is it? Uh, what was it Job said? Man is born a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Uh, he said man is born under trouble uh, uh, as the sparks fly upward. Uh, uh, sure enough, you light afar. Uh, uh, you know what happens eventually them sparks will roll upward. Uh, and he said just as sure as they go up, uh, uh, he said man uh, is subject to trouble. Uh, uh, but this was a little different trouble. Uh, uh, it's one thing to have a flat tire. Uh, it's one thing to have a dead battery. And boy, what's this happening when we get ready to go, Brother Jeff? Uh, uh, listen, it's one thing to have that uh, uh, but it's another uh, uh, when a lot of your kingdom turns against you Think about this in David's frame of mind and his point of mind. I, I mean, he is a man after God's own heart. He is a man that served God. I, he never served anything or anybody else I, I, except God. I, and here he is in trouble has came. I thought about Job. We're teaching Job on Wednesday night, by the way. And we looked at this verse this past Wednesday night, Job 3, the very last verse in, in chapter 3 and verse 26. Job said, I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. What was Job saying right there? Job, Job said, I'm, I'm, not living, I'm not living in such a way that I'm just eating, drinking, and being merry. I'm, I'm not living in such a way to where I'm just living life uh, any old way. And I'm just not living in such a way that uh, I, I was doing what I wanted to. He, he said, I, I was neither in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. You ever just been doing everything right? You ever been serving Christ? You ever been serving God and trouble shows up? I think every one of us has at one time or another. But notice there was many that come against Him. There was many that uh, rose up against Him. 
I, I mean, trouble will make you lose sleep. Trouble will make you worry. Trouble uh, will make you fear. I mean, it'll wire you out. And here many has rose up against him and become his enemy uh, that as of yesterday was probably not his enemy. Think about that for just a second. Now, there were some in David's kingdom that never did like him. We'll see that here in a minute in 2 Samuel 15. But there was some that did like David. There was some that was no doubt that was for David. But boy, when Absalom came along and it looked like he was going to be king, they changed sides. And so there was folk that David loved and put his assurance in and, and put his faith in. Ahithophel was one of them. That was David's counselor. That was one of David's friends. You ever had a friend turn on you? You ever had somebody that you put faith in and, uh, and, and stock in and that you trusted uh, and boy, they turned on you? No wonder David's going up by the mount called Olivet with his head covered in barefoot and he's weeping as he goes. I mean, it's just not as simple as, uh, as Absalom's running him off the throne. I mean, folk that he loved is now siding with Absalom. He's thinking. He sees what's coming. Hey, just a few hours ago, everything was fine. Just a day or two ago, Absalom said, Hey, i got to go back to Hebron and perform a sacrifice that I had promised God. And now he comes to find out that Absalom lied to him. Now think about this. Think think about all this, how David is trying to put all this together in his mind. uh, And he begins to talk to the Lord. Because see, the thing about David is he was not superhuman. uh, He was just like us. And that's something that I had to figure out a long time ago that these folk in the Bible... I mean, he, he talks about Elijah in the book of James, uh, uh, how he was a man of like passions as we are. In other words, he's just like us. God was just able to use them. God able to use us. Here he goes. He talks to the Lord. He says, Lord, they're increased that trouble me. Would you look at this? And he says, many are they that rise up against me. Folk that he loved. Folk that had been his help and been his friends. Now see, I don't know what you're going through. So I think everybody, see, everybody comes into church and most of the time they put a smile on their face like everything's okay. When sometimes it's not really okay. Notice what he said in verse 2. He said, these that have increased that trouble me, these that have rose up against me, he said, many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. He said, the Lord, they're saying that there's no way that you're my help. Lord, there's no way that I'm supposed to be king. There's no way that, 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 all, that, that uh, uh, this stuff hadn't come from you and, and that you're not going to help me. That's what they're saying over here. They're saying that you're on their side. You go back to the book of 2 Samuel. 
he's just now started to leave. You remember what he you remember what he told them about the ark of the covenant. And the king said unto Zadok, Carry back the ark of God into the city. If I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and show me both it and his habitation. But if he thus say, I have no delight in thee, behold, here am I. Let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. What's that got to do with anything? Here David is, he's, he's leaving his kingdom. He's, he's turning around and he's walking away from his palace. And the Bible said he's going to the wilderness. And, and he's saying he's already down, if I could say that. Uh, and he says, you just take the ark of God back to Jerusalem. Uh, and if God wants me back there, uh, listen, you carry it back. And if I get to go back, I'll see it when I get there. But you take it back. In the little bit of David's mind, I have no doubt if he was wondering if he was going to get to go back. How do you know that? If you look over in chapter 16 of the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 5, David is now at the Mount of Olives. He has stopped and worshipped. He's got a little place at the top of the hill in verse 1 of chapter 16. And in verse 5, the Bible said, And when King David came to Baharum, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gerah. He came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David, and at all the servants of the king of David, or King David, and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left hand. Now, let me stop right here and say that's a pretty brave feller. He's going out there with a handful of rocks, and he's kicking dust, and he's throwing rocks, and he's cussing at the king, and the king's got a whole army with him right now. Think about it for just a second. And thus, verse seven. And thus said Shimei when he cursed, Come out, come out, the bloody man, thou bloody man, and thou man of Belial. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned, and the Lord hath delivered the kingdom under the hand of Absalom thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. He had one thing right. David was a bloody man. There's no argument there. God had already said that. God would not let him build the temple because David was a bloody man, but Shimei had the rest of it wrong. He went, listen, God would, listen, this wasn't happened because of what he'd done to King Saul. This wasn't happened because of uh, what had happened to King Saul. Remember, David wouldn't touch King Saul. David wouldn't, David wouldn't have nothing to do with uh, the murder of King Saul. He said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. God set up the death of King Saul and God set up David to be king uh, over Israel. But then said Abishai, the son of Zurai. By the way, Zurai was David's sister. So this is, so this is Joab's brother. Abishai. He, you know what he said to the king? He says, David's nephew. He said, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. Now I'm trying to get you into the frame of David's mind right here. And the king said, what have I to do with you, you sons of Zerah? You know, at one time he said, you sons of Zerah, you're way too hard for me. And David was a bloody man. But Joab and his other two brothers, he said, you're just too hard for me. Do you know what he said? He said, what have I to do with you, you sons of Zerah? He said, so let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, curse David, who shall then say, wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my son which came forth out of my bow seeketh my life. How much more 
May this Benjamite do it. Let him alone and let him curse for the Lord hath bidden it. It may be that the Lord will look on my affliction and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. David's state of mind is, I imagine as he goes away, and I'm thinking David, in his mind, he may be thinking, maybe I do deserve this. Maybe God is not going to be my help right here. Sometimes I think we get to that state of mind when trouble comes and, uh, and all these things bombard us and we look at it and, 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 and the devil jumps up on our shoulder uh, uh, just like he did in Psalms 42 in two places in that chapter. Uh, he says, where is thy God? And, uh, and sometimes we, just like David, he, he tells us uh, there's no help for your soul in God. We'll get to believe in that if we're not careful. We'll get to thinking that. If we're not careful. We'll get to thinking that God ain't nowhere around. We'll get to thinking that God's not there to help. We'll get to thinking that, uh, boy, there's nothing that can be done this time. Uh, uh, and He's going to leave us. And uh, He's not going to help us. And maybe, just maybe, this is where it's all going to finish at. Psalms 143, the psalmist said, For the enemy have persecuted my soul. He has smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Therefore my spirit is overwhelmed within me and my heart within me is desolate. Me and Jeff was talking about a family just yesterday that it seemed like there was always a struggle and always trouble in this family's life. Every time you turn around and look, there was something always happening. Have you ever been to the place to where your enemy jumps up on your shoulder and tells you that you ain't going to have no help? I listened to the preacher preach this morning and he was talking about another preacher. And it seems like us preachers, we just, man, we got, we just, we, we're on top cloud nine one day and man, we're in the valley the next uh, with melly grubs and our lips are dragging the ground. I'll just tell on us preachers, that's the way we are. We're up one day and we're down the next. Read the book. Read the book of. Read about David's life. Read the book of Psalms. Read. Uh, read. Read. Read about him in First and Second Samuel. I mean, his life is like this. It's a roller coaster ride. How's yours? Is your life a roller coaster ride? Sometimes it's good one day and not so good the next. It's up and down. But he talked about the preacher this morning. He uh, uh, said that uh, this fellow had had trouble. It was, he's having trouble in the church. And uh, everything was bombarding on top of him. And I uh, said that the, the, the parsonage was next to uh, the cemetery. And he said one night uh, in the middle of the night, he just went out uh, uh, and sat down on a big old tombstone out there in the cemetery. And he just looked up to heaven. Uh, and he said, God, uh, he said, do you remember me? You ever been there? Where you looked up to heaven and said, God, I'm right here, but do you remember me? When you can't feel God, you can't touch God, and you don't know if God's anywhere around, do you look up and say, God, do you remember me? See, the, the, the part about that is, is I, I know what it's like to have God help me. I, I know what it's like to have God speak to me. I, I know what it's like to have God squeeze on my heart. I, I know what it's like for Him to come by uh, in a great way. Uh, uh, and all those things. But then all of a sudden, when trouble comes and it springs upon us, 
and we begin to hear the devil whisper and our enemy whisper, there's no help for your soul in God. And God's not moving like we think He should. And we can't feel Him anymore. And it seems like we can't pray anymore. And it seems like that He's just not anywhere around going to help us. We'll get to believe in that stuff if we're not careful. But I want you to look what David said. He talked about the many. Many there be which say of my soul, there's no help for him in God. They are increased that trouble me. Many are they that rise up against me. But notice what he said in verse 3. But thou, O Lord. By the way, it is the many against one and the one wins, by the way. But he said, but thou, Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. He said, they're increased that trouble me. They rise up against me and say there's no help for me in you. But he said, look, Lord. He said, you've been my shield. You've been the one that has protected me from the darts and from the arrows and from the beating of the wicked. In warfare, it's been you that has kept me. Job in Job 23, and y'all know this, I've preached on it several times over the years, when Job talks about going forward and backward and sideways and all those things, but he says, I cannot perceive God. But he says, but he knoweth the way that I take. See, when you can't find God, he still knows where you are. He still knows what direction you're headed. He's still watching you. He's still got his eye upon you. And so David says, but Lord, you've been my shield. You have been the one that has protected me and kept me. He said, Lord, you've been my glory. You've been the reason that I can still be excited. You've been the reason that there's still something shining on me. It's all because of you. Think about that. Could you tell the Lord in the midst of your deepest and darkest despair in the time when the world's coming against you, all hell's raised up against you itself, seems like it's turned loose on you, and still look to heaven and say, God, you're my shield, the one that's going to protect me and keep me, and it's been you that that has watched over me and give me glory and give a shining about me. Now David's glorying in the Lord, but he said, Lord, you've been my glory. I've gloried in you. Yes, we've gave him praise and honor, but he said, Lord, you've you've allowed me to glory, to shine. How many of us can shine in our lowest times? David has lost his kingdom. He's on the run from Absalom. He's going up by the way of Mount Olive. He's barefooted. He's got his head covered and he's crying. And he tells the Lord, he said, you've been my shield and my glory. Lord, you've been the reason that I could smile at times. And he said, and you're the lifter up of mine head. Can you imagine as he went up by the way of Mount Olives, barefooted and weeping and had his head covered. And he looked down and he sees one foot right in front of the other. He's got his head bowed down. Well, I'm telling you, when we're down, we don't generally lift up our head. And he said, Lord, you've been the lifter up of mine head. You've been the reason. I'm up here now. I've been the reason. You've been the reason. You've been the reason 
that when I got there to the top of the hill, that I could worship. Do you realize that in 2 Samuel chapter 15? David got to the top of the hill and he could worship. Absalom's running off the throne. He's weeping and crying and barefooted. Got folk going with him and his, and his life is in jeopardy. Let me park right here for just a second. Can I say, his life is in jeopardy and he needs to be on the run and he takes time to stop and worship. <laughs> Think about that for just a second. He needs to be on the run. I mean, Absalom's going to come after him and try to kill him uh, uh, and he decides he wants to stop and worship for just a little while. You think that this might be the time that he prayed? I don't know. I don't know if that's the time that he prayed this prayer. But I know that somewhere when he's on the run from Absalom, this is what he's praying. And he said, Lord, you've been the lifter up of mine head. You know, had it not been for the Lord, there's a lot of you would still have your head bowed down had he not come by and lifted you up. Had he not come by and helped you? Had he not come by and exalted you? And uh, I, I mean just, just made you able to lift up your head and face tomorrow uh, and face what's coming tomorrow. Why? Because he's been your shield. Uh, uh, he's been your glory. Hey, it's all about him, you see. It's all about the one. It's not about the many. It's not about what the many have done. It's not about what the many have said. It's not about what they're going to do. It's about him, you see, this morning. He's the one that will help you and help me. Is your head hung down right now? Not only what the Lord had done for him or what the Lord was for him, but notice what the Lord how he heard him. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill. David said, I cried out. It was in my distress. It was in, listen, he didn't say I prayed to the Lord and he, he prayed. But he said, I cried out. When's the last time that you cried out? In your trouble and in your distress that you just gathered up around the altar somewhere. Maybe not at church, maybe it was at church. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm glad I cried out in distress one Sunday night and got saved. Amen. Aren't you glad you've done that? Might have been in the morning. Might, might, might not even been at church. Might have been at home. Might have been uh, somewhere. I don't know. But I, I'm glad in distress. You know, he said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. You can cry out in distress. But even when we get that way after being saved, we can still cry out unto the Lord. He said, I cried out. And thou heard me out of thy holy hill. Boy, God in His most holy place. You know God is holy, by the way. He's a holy God. He's a, a three-time holy God. You know, and, and, here, I, and here David said, As holy as you are, I, and as righteous as you are, you heard me. I, you've been a shield to me. You've been my glory and lifted me up. And then he said this in verse 5, I laid down and slept. I awakened, for the Lord sustained me. How hard is it to go to sleep when problems arise? I'm not talking about when you got a flat tire or the battery goes dead or the headlight blows on your car. I'm talking about 
David's being chased right here. Absalom has run him off the throne. David's life is in danger. You need, to, you need to grasp that. That's not something David has made up. That's not some figment of his imagination. David's life is in danger. And here he is on the run. I, I, but he says, it's been because of the Lord. I laid down and slept and I awakened. He said, I laid down. He said, I not only laid down, but I went to sleep. You know, when you're asleep, you're at your most vulnerable time. You can't defend and fight when you're asleep. I struggle when I hear things outside. You know, it's in the dark we hear all kinds of things. I was in my study last night and I was looking over all this and there was something bouncing off the side of the house just right outside my window in my study. And it's a little after 11 o'clock. I told my wife, I said... I've listened to that thing probably for about 30 minutes and I'm, I'm going to have to go outside and see, see what it is. Now, who wants to go outside with the wind blowing Nick cold and dark with a flash of light and see what's out there bouncing off the side of your house? And my wife said, you want me to go with you? And I almost told her, yes, Brother Jeff, I really did. <laughs> I thought you big sissy if she has to go out there with you. But she stayed on the couch and I eased out there. It wasn't nothing. It was just the scuttle hole under the house. The door was a bouncing. It's hard. It's hard to lay down when we just hear things go bump in the night. And we kind of wonder what it is if somebody's trying to get in. And boy, especially in the days we live. But David said, in all this, I laid down and slept. He found him some rest, didn't he? In the midst of trouble and in the midst of trials and those that were against him, David resting in the Lord. Because you know what he said right here? He said, for the Lord hath sustained me. The Lord supported him and upheld him. That's really what that word sustain means. He, he said, God has kept me and bared me up. Even in the midst of my sleep and even in the midst of all this, he said, the Lord has took care of me and I found rest. He goes on to say, I'll not be afraid of... Ten thousands, that's plural by the way, of people that have set themselves round about against me. Notice David said, because of him, the one that has sustained me, he said, I'll not fear. I will find my rest. He went on to say that it's God that has took care of me. It's God that has saved me. And it's God that has given me His salvation in verses 7 and 8. He talks about how God that had uh, smitten His enemies upon the cheekbone. Talks about it's God that saved him, brought him through. Some of you all sitting in here right now, you're not in this place of trouble, but you can remember that time. Well, I mean, when everything just really seemed to be unleashed on you, and you look back and you think about that and you dwell on that, and everything's better now, but you look at that, but it was God that brought you through it. It was God that upheld you and sustained you. And done things for you that you could not do. You read the rest of that story in the book of Second Samuel and you'll find out that Absalom ends up getting killed. David didn't want him killed. Out of all that that Absalom put him through, David didn't want him killed. But Joab knew better or thought he knew better. And Absalom ends up getting killed and David ends up back on the throne. God took care of him. Can I tell you, I may not know why or understand. 
what you're going through. But there's somebody that does. And it's the Lord. He's the one. He's the one that knows. If you'll trust Him and look to Him, He'll help you get through it. He'll be your shield. He'll be your sustainer. He'll be the one that will help you sleep and get through all of it. And get through the other side. And then, boy, you can look up to heaven and say, boy, it all belongs to Him. Salvation, what did He say? Belongeth unto the Lord and thy blessing upon thy people. It's been because of Him that I've been blessed. Let's bow our heads this morning.